Mommy made me mash my M&M's. <laughs> on Watch and Talk. The weather reflects the president's mood. And we haven't met the first lady yet. Oh, yeah. TG oh, yeah, has Roberto Benigni. With pools. <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> We're going to kill thousands of people. I love it, though. Look at my big fancy rug. Here, you take the little, I'll take the high. Okay, let's get it going. All uh, right. What's up, fellas? What's up, hey. watchers? Wow, we sound really cool. <laughs> What what up in the his house? Hey, fellow kids. Uh, this is episode seven of Watch and Talk. Uh, this week is an episode called the State Dinner. But first, we have some follow up from last week. Um, a couple things actually. We first asked last week if people had their everyday carry as a president, since Bartlett doesn't carry keys or cash. We put it out. We put it out to the audience. And we got a few responses. First one I saw was from listener Susie, and she picked lip balm and eye drops, which makes sense, I guess. Oh, I have one that's sort of related to that um, by Sh- Sharon D. No relation to me. It's not oh. my mother. Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Hi, Sharon. She, she says, one thing, aquifer for lips that can get dry from talking all day and it can also be used as hand cream to keep the skin smooth when shaking hands with white house visitors really well thought out such a good mom answer yeah i thought the lip balm thing was good because you don't want to trust that to somebody else and right. accidentally use somebody because else's lip balm i guess so no that's no when i'm president miss Lanningham is on all of that Hey, give me my lip stuff. I actually you think don't need that in your pocket. It private all, reserve. All goopy. Miss <laughs> Landingham might carry this president's yeah. lip so. balm. Oh, and Sus- Susie also put maybe gum, maybe. So she's on the fence about gum. Okay. I feel like you can get gum if you're president, though, when you want it. Yeah, you don't need to I, burden yourself with that. You're like always being recorded, though, so I don't know if you want to be seen chewing gum all the time. Oh, that's a good point. Stick so. to mints. Ob- Obama chews Nicorette. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, maybe like Mentos would be good if you're not chewing gum for like a medical reason, because you can chew it like a gum, but then you can also swallow it. So like, I don't know if you guys have seen Veep, the spinoff from of the West Wing, <laughs> but in Veep, you know, she has like that guy who car- like carries her in her bag Buster. for her. Yeah, Buster. Um, I feel like that's kind Tony of what, Hale. what Charlie would otherwise do in the real world, like your bag man is literally the guy that carries all your crap around so you don't have to carry it and your bag's going to have all your stuff. Right. Um, so you don't really need a whole lot of functional stuff, most likely. Yeah. So uh, another piece of follow-up is from a uh, listener, Kimberly, and she sent a video of Obama on a British talk show and he actually takes everything out of his pockets and shows what's in it. Ooh. And according to Obama, people hand him things all the time and he has a bowl of trinkets that he's been handed and they're almost they're all like little medallions or so there's like a a rosary he got from Pope Francis and there's a a little buddha that he got from a buddhist monk and it's like a, he's basically like got a pagan like spread yeah. going on in his pockets at any given time and he said he has a bowl and he'll just reach in and take them out like grab a few of them on the way out and <laughs> shove them into his pockets wow i guess if you didn't have to carry really anything in your pockets you'd really take for granted like all of your pocket space you now have so i know I, w- I would probably keep like an inception uh 
doodad too just in case (laughs) something that only i knew the shape of if you're the president or really any high level politician you're constantly having to make conversation with some people who are often strangers and it's a great idea to just have a bunch of conversation pieces that you randomly put in your pocket and you're like oh check it out oh hey the pope gave this to me i would learn magic tricks i'm cool with and then carry magic trick things in my pocket so i can if there's like dead silence, do a magic trick. I, mean, I stick by my hand talk shows would love me. Answer from last week. What was your answer? Hand buzzer and other practical jokes like fake cat vomit. Yeah, but I want people to be like in awe of like the things I'm doing, not like okay. tricks on people. There, there was one more answer I really liked. Oh yes, so this is from our listener Jada, um, and she actually had two answers: high chew, like the Asian candy, um, and a picture of the universe. So, and on a bad day, maybe a miniature Scottish fold. And Is that then, a dog? I think so. Okay. <laughs> like a small dog. No, it's a cat. No? It's, oh, it is a cat. With the, with the funny ears. Oh, right. It's, the really cute. Yes. Cutie. Are they the ones that look like, like, doll, like really perfect? They have like down foldy ears. And like big eyes? And like or is that a super cutie. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Okay. And then um, the other... Yes, that's the right answer. Right. Well, she had a more serious answer, No, too, that's it. That's which, the one. Well, nope. do you want to know what this one is? Mm-mm. I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Maybe, she says, scripted remnants of a dead language. Hmm. I don't know. No, that's shitty. <laughs> I like the picture. I like the cat. I like the that picture of the universe Thank you, answer. Yeah, I think the picture of the universe sort of has the same purpose, maybe. Of that's the a conversation starter. Scripted remnants. Yeah. Both conversation starters make you feel a little introspective. Good, yeah. good things yeah. to have. It's a good, good everyday carries people. Yeah. Um, and then also to follow up, um, last week we we went into the history of the Gipper a little bit, and we wondered whether it would be in the public consciousness or not. It turns out in 1940 there was a movie called Newt Rockney All American, which was somewhat popular, oh. and it had that story in it, which is why it was kind of in the public. Uh, mind at the time and in that movie the character the gipper ronald reagan oh. he literally was the gipper wait is that lit- yeah literally right when you play so is somebody. that why people understood <laughs> it when he ish. was like do it for the gipper or whatever yeah he was, was the gipper that's in a movie. enough for me that that explains it all okay wow. so uh now into the scenes or this week educational so the episode is called the state dinner uh, it starts with CJ and the press corps. Uh, they're having a state dinner at the White House that night. She's getting questions about what the first lady and the visiting first lady are going to wear. Accessories. Gabriel Sanchez freshwater pearl necklace with tourmaline beads. I'm also told to inform you she will be carrying a Christina Bamba silk pleated organdy drawstring evening bag. And she's kind of miffed that she's not getting any questions about the nuclear test ban treaty that we've never heard of that they supposedly just passed. Anything else? Nothing on the nuclear test ban treaty. No. Okay. I just have to mention that I have an issue with how people pronounce that phrase, right? So people usually say the nuclear test ban treaty. Yeah, that's Nuc- what she said. I, I think it, I think it's nuclear test ban treaty. <laughs> okay, it could be. That's wrong. But that's I don't wrong. understand why people combine <laughs> test ban as if that's like the, a meaningful phrase. It's not. It's the nuclear test ban treaty. That's no, how we no, should no, be no, saying no, this. No. Wait, what? I know you guys care a lot about this issue, and I, I know you support me on this. Does, so CJ, get her, does CJ get it wrong? On the nuclear test ban treaty. I would hyphenate no, everyone. Everyone ban. says the nuclear really? test ban treaty. Wait, That's which how part would you hyphenate? It. 
All I would put all the words hyphenated. Nuclear test ban. It's treaty. a nuclear test ban treaty. No, it's a nuclear test ban treaty. Okay, I'm fine with that too. But let's just stop with this nuclear test ban treaty. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Fair. She dips out of the press room. Josh comes up. There's a hurricane coming. Everything's happening now. CJ All somehow sudden, hasn't heard of a hurricane. And I w- that, do they not have good hurricane monitoring technology? They definitely did. Right. Like, like Hurricane Andrew Yeah, you guys Andrew are from South came... Florida. You guys knew about that stuff like weeks in advance, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, there'd be like a map. Like during downtimes between censuses, you would keep track of all of the hurricanes. Also, hurricane you wouldn't map. hear what is the 600 miles wide class four hurricane? That's a big one. There's a huge hurricane. You would know that is coming for you, like pretty well right. So that's that's imminent. Uh, Sam comes in. There's a teamster strike about to happen because Taff Hartley is going to expire, which is a 1947 law that restricts the power of labor unions. I guess the idea is that under taft Hartley, they wouldn't be able to strike it's like they wouldn't have the power to do so in certain circumstances but because it's expiring they can yeah it used to be that unions were so powerful that you had to pass legislation to protect private business from the power of unions right um i but i I believe uh taft Hartley is still in effect yes they just i think they keep amending it and changing it and uh I, I remember there was one weird fact about Taft-Hartley where during the McCarthy era, they made all union leaders submit affidavits to the federal government that they were not communists. So they just kind of put weird stuff in there and, you know. But oh. uh, yeah, I guess uh, the idea here is that it's expiring. And I guess it does expire. They a lot of laws follow up have intentionally like a relatively short sunset period, which creates this fervor around like the patriot act i mean that's that's one that's relatively easy to renew although i guess they had trouble this time but really what you want to do is anytime there's like a hot button issue as a politician you intentionally allow the law to sunset and then six months before it expires all of the people that care about it give you money like start contacting you and it just gives you leverage over them and then you can go to people who care one way or the other and extract favors from them in order to modify the law or pass it as is or whatever. Because you could, of course, just amend any law. So why have it expire? I I, I kind of like the implication that like this needs to be reconsidered every so often. Yeah. And it doesn't like become some settled thing that's archaic eventually. But of course, the status quo that exists when that law expires automatically is also like a thing. Right. Because presumably some previous law then kicks back into effect. Or, or yeah, what, like what people did before. Right. And then uh, Toby comes in and there's a, a showdown at a farmhouse in Idaho. Uh, it's kind of like a... There's a Waco situation. Yeah, there's a Waco going situation going on, which is very top of mind at the, at the time. Then at the end, CJ uh, just kind of helpfully recaps and tells us what the episode is about. So let me see if I have this. A hurricane's picked up speed and power and is heading for Georgia. Management and labor are coming here to work out a settlement to avoid a crippling strike that'll begin at midnight tonight. And the government's planning a siege on 18 to 40 of its citizens, all the while we host a state dinner for the president of Indonesia. Yeah, you got, got it. it. Then they have the credits. When they come back from that, Josh and Donna have a scene where Donna has to set up a meeting for Josh and Toby with an Indonesian senior aide that's going to be there Bing at the bop dinner. Bop. 
Bang bang. Bang bop boop. <laughs> What's his name? Ramahidi Sumahijo Bang Bang. Bok bok choy. That's culturally insensitive. Uh, and so funny. <laughs> and then Donna has a, a worry about Indonesians coming because she is also practicing some culturally insensitive things. I'm not wild about this whole Indonesian business. I just thought you might like to know that in certain parts of Indonesia, they summarily execute people they suspect of being sorcerers. By believing that all Indonesians are roving bands of sorcerer murderers. Well, I think she has legitimate concerns, and I love Donna this episode. She's really our moral compass, you know. She's totally concerned. Uh, she's strategizing later about different techniques of how to avoid assassination for, uh, <laughs> you know, for supposed sorcerying. We'll get there. Okay. You know. Yeah, Donna rules this yeah, episode. She's, she's really coming into her own. She's and totally Donna that we into. Love. Yeah. Yeah. After our uh, qualms with Donna last week. She well, Don, Donna's all over the map because, like, she was to the right of Josh last episode, and now she's to the left of Toby. About what? Oh, Toby and I, everyone in this episode. Oh, about their, the, their, uh, their shit, the language stuff. Well, little Toby's shits. like, we yeah, should that... welcome them, but admonish them. And Donna's like, yeah, we shouldn't weird. even have them over. Yeah, that's kind of the, the right too, right? <laughs> no foreigners in a way. In the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way. it's pretty righty. Uh, they they have a senior staff meeting after that. Uh, the familiar set everybody up for the episode basically the teamsters issue is a thing about how certain workers get classified as part-time even though they're working full-time hours um which is becoming more and more of a thing um that's really big now yeah it's pretty i think it's a song as old as time um leo then needs a point person for the fbi standoff i'll assign someone from my office i can do it no you can't why not but she gets to do it anyways Sam has to write a toast with Toby for the the Indonesian president. Yeah, then Josh makes a Redskins joke, and they they break that meeting up. Uh, then they go and there's a photo op. You mean the Washington football team? Yeah, the bad word, Washington bad words. <laughs> um, the president and the other president, the Indonesian president, then have a quick photo shoot. Uh, that guy is like really short with his answers. They're all one word. I think he only says yes and no in that scene. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, and the president, there's like no questions yet, and the president's like, we're having salmon for dinner, and he's like, I he don't like salmon. Yeah, he doesn't like salmon. Yeah. Um, the He's the, not like super duper friendly. He's not, not like... Not even close. Not like really, really friendly. Well, the, the way he puts it is, I can't tell if he's boring or rude, but, but he's, he's definitely, definitely one. <laughs> um, then the, uh, they also mentioned that Yo-Yo Ma is going to be playing at the dinner. They love Yo-Yo Ma on this show. That's the first Yo-Yo Ma reference. Uh, then first the of many. You'll see. The okay. next scene <laughs> is uh, Sam and Toby kind of writing this toast they have to prep for the night. Toby wants to make it kind of tough on the guy because Indonesia has some human rights abuses. Then Sam wants to make it a little softer. Sam asks him about the meeting that they're trying to set up to, and Toby's got a great answer. We've got to see a guy about a thing. I don't know the word for it. He's like suspicious about it in a way. It's real cool guy. Yeah. And then Sam's like, you I need say. my help? Like he's ready to like jump on board. Yeah. And, and Toby's, Toby's like, no. Yeah. That actually reminded me a lot of the scene in episode two when Josh asked Leo if he wanted help to tell Bartlett about 
uh the plane getting shot down uh, and leo's like no no thanks i'm good yeah it's like the underlings are always trying to like vie for some level of responsibility that the, <laughs> their super superiors don't think they're ready for yeah. i always like help on a task yeah and sam maybe sam knows if any if you portuguese guys, like, or whatever scene. yeah they didn't ask him me with anything i'm like cool with that they show the teamsters uh meeting after that it's in the roosevelt room it's like there's like 30 people huddled around the big table in there this episode is like scene scene yeah scene, it's, scene, it's scene, jam-packed scene. yeah leo comes in teamsters is like a child came up with that it's like really like a childish name i don't even understand it it's like we're on a team we're the teamsters well i thought that teamsters maybe i'm wrong but like they are affiliated with like unions in some way it is a union yeah, right it's, union. So... it's like the trucking union are called the teamsters but right. they're also all the unions i thought called them the teamsters they've been like merging unions together for so long that uh. i feel like it's like a conglomerate union at this point but um maybe it's like because like team of oxen or something it's like we we carry things around the stirs part really it's the and things that end in stir like yeah buster like you know that's yeah. the only thing i can think of yeah. well, weldsters that's not Weldster. a, a thing. yeah leo comes in and everybody kind of like gets really quiet and he's he's obviously like very well respected with both sides of this um which makes sense because he was the labor secretary so he's like he seems to be the guy like most familiar with this stuff they get a quick chance to kind of explain their positions on the strike that's going to be happening and that trucker says you know you're full of crap anymore this is the white house bobby it's not the jersey turnpike watch your mouth hey watch your mouth buster yeah this isn't the turnpike and then the guy he goes forgive me forgive me sir <laughs> which i never really thought about it but is is leo mobbed up i think well leo well, that's has the way that, you like, would say that like him, i was right? like forgive me father like yeah i, I it's very godfathery. And then he like secretly kissed him. He like blew a kiss at his ring. Well, he's <laughs> he is, I guess, uh, Irish, McGarry. Yeah. Yeah. He is Irish. But on top of that, wasn't he also the um labor secretary? Yeah. So they he would have been in charge of the National Labor Relations Board, which is a front from the mafia. Well, it's the the people who that's the department that regulates union uh employer relations right uh, it was that the guy just has like he kind of reminds me of like uh luca brazzi from the godfather he's like a big dumb guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that line reading is really great forgive me then he, he, leo kind of spells out what the worst case scenario is for this and he talks about how there's going to be fist fights in the supermarket over soap which is that's not the first thing i would fight somebody over yeah in a supermarket maybe even the last thing i would fight over <laughs> i actually have a lot of extra soap if you guys yeah stocked up are in diet i do yeah but there's in a trucking strike from a web website what would you fight someone for in a supermarket i want the bread give me the bread like um, the fresh bread like a baguette yeah any of it any bread yeah <laughs> okay um i don't know you want the canned goods i think the and the batteries aren't even that useful anore no I guess like what sort of situation are we talking are we talking about like end of there's, times there's a seemingly <laughs> <laughs> or just like if it was the last thing would you fight someone for it <laughs> the White House strategy here throughout the episode seems to be I just uh, fix it yeah they they kind of do the thing they over uh declare the worst case scenario and hoping that that people will be so scared of that happening that they'll come to some reasonable compromise. They leave that as like, you have until midnight tonight. So it just sets it up nicely to get wrapped up this episode. 
there's a Mandy and Josh scene after that. Um, Mandy makes a point of mentioning that she doesn't have an office in the building. And Josh is like, yeah, there's a reason for that. So is <laughs> she just nobody always wants her walking around. around? Or does she have a desk, you think? I think she has a desk in the other, bu- the OEOB building. Oh, yeah. But not, and nobody wants her that close. They, you get a little more detail on the standoff that's happening in Idaho. The FBI sold them some illegal guns that they're now going to go arrest them for having. Um, is that is that legal? I don't think so. I mean, that's what the Fast and Furious scandal was about. I mean, we did gun running. Which Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> a too fast, two Obama's in trouble. For selling guns to Mexicans who then killed U.S. Uh, servicemen? Oh, right. I guess so. But were we using the fact that they had the guns to as the thing we were going to convict them over? Yeah, it was like was a sting. Was Vin Diesel in yeah. that one? Yeah. He did the killing. <laughs> but uh, did they say that here where this they they sold to them as a as a sting operation? Yeah, or? the, the, oh, the okay. FBI agents say that later. Yeah, okay. he's like, it's called a sting. Duh. Um, there's some children that are being held hostage. Uh, Mandy thinks it's going to be a PR disaster. Uh, if there's like a, a raid and children get shot or something like that. And uh, there's another uh, odd television thing in this scene. Josh's TV is playing Chinese military drills, like a big marching formation of like a whole army. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like every other TV in this entire episode is showing CNN about the hostage thing or the hur- like hurricane pictures. And Sometimes pr- Josh needs to take his mind off of what's going on, you know? <laughs> so I think this is Donna who put that on to show him how Indonesia is like a Ooh. militaristic dictatorship. <laughs> Donna's so good in this up. Wow. Oh, also, when Mandy and Josh are having the conversation, Mandy has her like, this is why I'm here like moment. This is why you hired me. Yeah, I was wondering why that was. Like, this is why I exist and why you've hired right. me. And she's, so, like, so proud. She's a total badass, too, in this episode. She's really, she's standing up for the good, whereas everyone else don't give a, can I say crap? Yeah. They don't. Can yeah, even Man- one crap. Because Mandy was even, or even going on the side of the labor unions, too, and she wasn't yep. even in that fight. Exactly. She She's like, that they should pay him gooder. Pay him gooder. <laughs> Bartlett 20, 2002. <laughs> Um, the, the, there's another, uh, two presidents photo op and it's basically the same scene. Like they make the same jokes, but with words, like two other people, they talk, they're like being asked questions. Yeah. Uh, the, but it's like, they even joke about the salmon again. Well, uh, I think that was, I read that as Bartlett asks him that again to determine which one is it that he's boring or right. rude. And the, the and way he, he responds indicates that he's certainly boring doesn't he he just ignores him right about the, when he's like did i yeah. mention we're having this well, no he just says yes oh, okay. but then bartlett's reaction is like ah, i figured it out <laughs> danny asks a question um I, I like the the first line danny has he says mr president and then bartlett says which one he's very uh cognizant of that um there's a protest about this thing called verme and cj wants to avoid the president inadvertently saying something he doesn't know anything about so he she pulls danny and says they're going to cover it later uh, leo comes in pulls the president away there's the thing about the being boring or rude um, and then they have a have a big chuckle about how the u.s rigs the indonesian elections We're sitting out there trying to figure out how this guy could campaign for something and win then i remember we usually rig the election there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. we did that 
<laughs> we did it. The president really doesn't want to sit at the dinner table with this guy, and but and Leo's going to be stuck there too. And he asks where Toby's going to be, and he says with CJ and Josh and Sam, and he says that's the fun table, which got me thinking that every party has a has a fun table. And so I wanted to ask Elise and Jason. <laughs> so Brayden and I both went to your wedding. <laughs> Oh, and we sat at different geez. tables. Oh god! Oh, god. So, so which actually, one, I don't which think one we was ever, the fun table? Gosh, we never were like that's the fun table. There's like we... a fun table. There's a cool table. Yeah. There's like you okay. Know... I want to say that like the fun table was the dance floor. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like because I I was on the dance floor like all night long and did not leave it. So whoever was on there was the fun table. I was on the dance floor. Yeah, I know. I know Brayden was on the dance I floor. Um, Brayden was a machine that, yeah. on the dance Braden floor. Brayden left a couple pounds of sweat on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Leo mentions very quickly that they're moving some uh, some ships out of a naval base out of the way of the hurricane. Um, just to let you know. Um uh, they go back. I wonder to Sam. if that has anything to do with something that happens later. This episode is really good about that. I think every line somebody says is some little thing. Yeah, except for later. the line about the nuclear test ban treaty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of gets lost. That goes nowhere. Yeah, they go to Sam and Toby again, and they're talking about their toast. Still, they've just moved from Sam's office to Toby's office to to do so. Um, as Sam, maybe someone was eating someone's fries again, and they had to move. <laughs> Um, uh, Toby, uh, still like has like a stiffer version of the speech that Sam thinks is, a, goes a little too far. He says, Toby, do you really think it's a good idea to invite people to dinner and then tell them exactly what they're doing wrong with their lives? He wants to soften it up. Toby's like, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Where they're going to be here. Apparently a state dinner gets a lot of press coverage that they need to make a public statement at, at it. Um, is Indonesia okay? Are they bad? That's in Asia. I know that. That's a country? It is a country. That's um, a real... <laughs> their Wikipedia page says it's the world's largest country measured by number of islands. Oh. Which... Okay. The, Makes sense why they have so many languages. Did you by... know they have more than 500? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a number of islands, like how many... Like I have... Yeah, how many islands are how in the many? country? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the most islanded. Even, even Toby's like strong language is pretty soft compared to at least like the modern at least compared to trump <laughs> like it, right or he doesn't he doesn't talk about like or the way like ted cruz said they were gonna like turn the desert glowing green or whatever right well in a, into glass yeah <laughs> in a situation though where it's supposed to be like cordial and then you have to right. sit next to and that person the, i think the sitting president probably has a fair bit yeah more uh constriction on what he can say right and like also he you know if you're not having someone over to dinner you could probably say whatever you want but it's like right when you then have to sit down next to them after and eat some gross salmon then it's sort of awkward yeah i don't think that guy was gonna be cool anyway like even if there's no matter what was said oh oh yeah <laughs> because he was a doo-doo from the start yeah before anyone said anything i think it's because of the salmon yeah that he was so unhappy He's anti-salmon. I don't know. You think you think the Indonesians with so many islands would be a fish eating people. Right? I'm Maybe sure it's because are. it's not Indonesian yeah, salmon. It's a river fish. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have Indonesian salmon? I don't know. <laughs> Probably uh, not. Yes. You think? I just checked. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> uh CJ has her Verme press conference. Um 
interesting thing about the word vermeil it has an l in it yeah it looks like vermeil vermeil yeah it's just french oh that's a real thing yeah. um I cj have. gives a pretty pretty in-depth uh backstory on what vermeil is she's like a real like wikipedia.com about it <laughs> can we only say dot com like that forever <laughs> on this podcast dot com test ban <laughs> turns out that like danny was kind of like pulling her leg a little because it was like a protest of only six people um and danny's a little like proud of himself for giving them the exposure they wouldn't have gotten otherwise right uh cj says that you just gave this like tiny protest a megaphone to the right. world basically. and yeah she tells him that he rouses rabbles you're a rabble rouser you know that you rouse rabbles <laughs> pretty good line um and then there's some flirting where danny asks cj what she's going to be wearing that night i love her answer she answers it in the same style uh, that she's been saying with the first yeah. lady i'm wearing an evening gown of gray silk after that they cut the salmon lorry and they're having lunch at a diner uh, I like the Sam here. He was kind of like venting about his job, which is like totally like a couple thing of like, ah, oh, Toby was being such a jerk today. He wouldn't let me soften the language on the <laughs> the treaty. And she's like not paying attention. So but then another thing Sam mentions is that he's like, I don't know which sandwich I should eat. And Lori is like, no, like you have your sandwich right. and I have my sandwich. We ordered. And he believes in community food. Every, I, I, I wrote this down. All food on the West Wing is community food. I love that. Like yeah. everything should be community food. Bitch, yeah. don't touch my sandwich. I love sharing. I ordered my sandwich. But what if I, ordered I wanted my sandwich. to try your That's sandwich? That's too fucking bad. You should have gotten my sandwich. Maybe I, it's like you have an agreement beforehand. I mean, there are exceptions to all food being community food. Like sandwich. At one point, Josh orders Donna to like take confiscate all of the muffins and bagels in the United States and bring them <laughs> to him. Which is really selfish. You're crossing a line there. Don't touch my bagels. Oh, by the way, did we... Big block of cheese is community food? Yeah. That's true. And the Chinese... And the French fries? Yes. <laughs> they love to share, and I love that about them. I cannot believe you're justifying he ate her sandwich. Well, it was cut in half. He bought a sandwich. She bought a sandwich. Yeah, but he, he ate her sandwich. Presumably... And you were defending that. Presumably, Who? he gave her his other half we don't of know that. sandwich. We don't Who know that. Who orders a plain ham and cheese sandwich at a diner that's like the minute that's like bachelor food order yeah. something you can't make so easily like a chicken salad is a far superior order to a ham and cheese sandwich yeah but if you're picky maybe then you want a ham and cheese i don't know it depends on how good that diner is too you know if right. it's like a bad diner i would get something really simple sam keeps cutting into her night job's crummy yes i know and I just got to throw Sam's own words back into him. Do you really think it's a good idea to invite somebody to lunch and tell them exactly what they're doing wrong with their life? Ooh. Take that, Sam Seaborn. Yes. Yeah, he's a real dick in this episode. And then she uh, she says, like, are we really going to do this again? Which means that he's always doing this, right? Every time they meet, he must say some little jibe about it, that they have, like, a deal that he won't say things about her job like yeah this must be just constant he's like he must be the worst guy to be around <laughs> i don't know well is the last time we saw them together like the weird scene or have we seen them since have we seen Lori? i don't think so yeah she hasn't been around in a while so i guess we're supposed to assume they've been like hanging out and things have been cool and sam has forced himself upon her as a friend <laughs> <laughs> like he promised he would lucky her uh she does have a date that night but she doesn't know any of the details 
And then he he gets like kind of snippy. Oh, for God's sakes, it's Gideon v. Wainwright, 372 U.S. 335. You cite the president, you cite Black's opinion for the majority. Thank you for that display of geek bravado. Yeah, they 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 fight a little bit, and then they they end the scene. They cut then to the FBI and the Oval Office, and these guys are straight out of central casting for FBI agents. They look like <laughs> like J. Edgar Hoover cronies. They want to storm the house. Uh, and Mandy wants them to like slow it down a little bit because uh, she's still worried about the PR thing. The guy has a pretty good line about how like a judge is never going. I'm not to... talking about the courts. I'm talking about public opinion. And this is two different conversations. The PR and the safety of everybody involved are unrelated, which is a pretty good point, I think. But uh, Mandy pushes it, and then uh, the president sent... she suggests that they send a negotiator in first just to like cover themselves. I think we're selling Mandy a little bit short here to say we're she's just concerned about the PR. She's clearly she's got a there's there's a moral component here. She wants to do the right thing. She says later, you know, the government's uh, use of force too intrusive or whatever, whatever. Yeah, they they she's, she's got some some cool. It's a weird group good, to side good ideas with. Coming on, I think the mm-hmm. like in survivalist uh, not, r- like gun rights killing guys. The people. I don't think they were ever saying killing. I they mean, were just going to force. Waco didn't turn out well. Right. That's what. But I'm... Waco didn't happen in this universe yet. <laughs> Or ever. That's good. <laughs> so this this could be the Waco. Thank God. Um, yeah, no, she has a point. Everybody but Mandy basically wants to do the raid. Josh wants to do the raid. Leo wants to do the raid. And then the president sends him out of the room. As they're walking out, Charlie hangs up a phone and he shakes his head a little bit. <laughs> this is a little foreshadowing. Where's Charlie been? He's, he shows up in the next scene. On the phone. I just want more of him in every episode. I know um, we get more. They, yeah, they, they have the argument about like kind of the merits of the situation. I don't think it's unreasonably macho for the White House to be aggressive in preserving democracy. Let me tell you something. Ultimately, it is not the nuts that are the greatest threat to democracy. As history has shown us over and over and over again, the greatest threat to democracy is the unbridled power of the state over its citizens. And then Leo comes out and tells them that they're going to go with Mandy's plan for a negotiator and josh tells her she's in the game now but i think that like her sort of like she's a little braggy about getting chosen like maybe because i know what's gonna happen i just sort of was like this plan's gonna backfire on her it's a good plan too too confident about this plan i thought it was a good plan what do you you think good plan bad plan seems reasonable yeah good plan okay all right all right sometimes good plans go bad Josh kind of like pre throws it in her face. Yes. He's like, whatever happens here, even if it's bad. Yeah. It's on you. It's because of you. Right. Um, you did it. They have a, a cute Donna and Josh scene where she's tying his bow tie as they're getting ready for the state dinner. It's like a white tie affair. It's cool that she knows how to tie a bow tie. It's kind of complicated. I learned how to tie a bow tie for my bat mitzvah for my dad. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, she. This is where she gives the uh, Josh her like survival guide on what to do if you're accused of being a sorcerer in Indonesia. <laughs> Keep moving. No, don't move. If you can't explain what you're doing there, the assumption is that you're a sorcerer. If you try to run, the assumption is that you're a sorcerer, okay? So if anything happens, the prudent thing is to stand still and calmly explain your business. Don't, yeah, don't move. move. Stand your ground and calmly and rationally explain yourself. your thing. <laughs> And then Charlie comes in and he says he's been looking for his grandparents who are in the way of the storm and that he can't get a hold of them. Um, presumably that's who he was trying to call earlier. Uh, and he, then Josh does him a solid. Don't worry about it, Donna. Call FEMA. Use my name. 
When that doesn't work, use Leo's name. Because he knows that he has no pull. Mandy and Josh have a, a quick scene after that uh, in their formal nightwear. Josh talks about how good he looks. And then... And Sam it. agrees. Yeah, Sam agrees. Uh, Josh... He like has the best swagger like walking down the hallway in his tuck. Yeah, he fixes Sam's bow tie for him. Yeah, a little, and his, wa- his walk is like actually different than his normal walk. He's kind of like hopping yeah. around. You got to make the tails shimmy behind right? you. <laughs> so I got the impression that Mandy was like clearly expecting to be complimented yeah and then at every opportunity for the male character to be like you look great mandy they were like i look awesome i look good tonight don't you think yes you look good too but i look even better (laughs) or or complimenting the other men we look good don't we (laughs) yeah And, and she she walks off camera where she's just sort of like rolling her eyes exasperatedly there is a lot of flirting between mandy and josh in this one about like it bugs you that i get preferential treatment from the president and the implication is that it's because they he's still like into her i guess a little bit it's like there's like a subtle undercurrent of that in this episode yeah so they have that scene where she asks him that and he says yes and she sort of like kind of storms off but like smirkingly like oh you know like and then storms out of his office and then he turns to camera was back to the door of his office and he goes yes <laughs> like and, to himself yeah like to, to the like, camera i've i've like like the way you interpret it is like oh i've i've damaged my relationship with her with my simple yes and i'm like that's a really interesting acting choice for bradley whitford and then i was like wait what if he was practicing how to say yes for the next take and they just used it <laughs> let's, let's just keep and this. Then i watched it again i was like it could also have been that <laughs> we will never know i didn't never even know. notice he did that there there's a really Weird throwaway line. I don't even know how Josh would know this. Can you think of some sort of personal connection between President Segudo and the U.S.? You know, something from his past? He was once almost pushed out of an airplane by a CIA-trained operator. Which sounds really exciting. Um, that could have been a like pre-flashback in the beginning of this episode or something. <laughs> Is that a euphemism for an assassin? I think it's... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Or, or like a for, like somebody that worked for the old dictator or something that uh. got trained by them. But... um. I wonder, does that go kind of explains part of that guy a little bit, maybe? That he's like, these people, the ones that almost killed me 30 years ago. That That's why he's but not nice, didn't. maybe. But didn't. You're and welcome. It, and installed him as president. Uh, Toby comes in. The interpreter situation's not going to work out because... There's no such language as Indonesian. Indonesians speak 583 different languages. I speak Javanese. Mr. Bangbang speaks Batak. Donna has a plan using multiple interpreters, like to what is it? What is, do you remember the names of the languages they have yeah, to go through? It was Batak and Portuguese, right? Two languages that well, that one guy speaks, and then I think someone speaks Portuguese, Portuguese and English. So it was this guy in the kitchen who speaks. No, Port- he didn't speak Portuguese and English. It was uh, he spoke Portuguese and the other Indonesian language. Oh, yeah. No, the guy in the kitchen spoke Batak and Portuguese, and then the interpreter guy spoke Portuguese and English, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got it. Com- <laughs> is, it is that complicated in the show. And then Toby gets like really pissed off. Yeah. He says, is the bar open yet? Yeah. And storms off. And then Donna has such a good line where she's like, this guy speaks Batak and Portuguese. So like, why don't you not like yeah. hate on him? <laughs> and then as she's leaving, Donna like says she's sorry to Josh and like, 
ever so gently like touches his tie again just to like remind him of like remember all the good i did for you where i fixed your tie and then it's finally state dinner time the first lady first lady comes in um cj in the first couple lines with her they say first lady or uh, some variation thereof Soccer Channing. <laughs> Many few times. Yeah, it's uh, Rizzo, right? Yeah. She's not wearing a necklace. I know, the pearl necklace. C- CJ said she would be wearing a necklace and it wasn't there. I know, I noticed that too, especially because it was a pearl necklace, which apparently is like very popular. It's a thing on the West Wing. Yeah. But you know, if you wear a necklace, it might interfere with the view of your décolletage. Yeah, yeah, which is a word that Jason just learned. I yeah. just learned it. Showing a little décolletage wouldn't kill you, she says to CJ. <laughs> the first lady is showing plenty, of, plenty of décolletage. Does that mean boobs? Yeah, it's like it's your like, chest and yeah, it's like, like cleavage. Clavicle. Nice. Yeah, showing off that clavicle. Yeah, get some sweet clavicle action in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the upper pectorals in neck. Mm. The upper pectorals. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Uh, she tries to set CJ up with a doctor that's a, you know, some cardiologist that happens to be at the dinner. And the first lady has a, a good answer for the verme thing that CJ tries to like prep her on just in case she gets asked about it better or worse it's our history we're not going to lock it in the basement or brush it with a new coat of paint it's our history i thought she like the first introduction of the first lady that the first thing she does the absolute first thing she does is try to uh set cj up no it's first thing she does is tell cj to show a little boob first she first with the boob talk then setting her up but then she does she does have a very good response yeah so she's smart but pushy yeah, I, I, I like the introduction of the first lady. I thought they did well with her. Yeah. Um, Leo comes in and does a little like Fred Astaire dance. Um, and the first lady and Leo seem like they're they're pretty buddy-buddy with each other. Mandy is running around. She's worried about the standoff. She's like trying to get somebody on the phone because um, they haven't heard oh, anything wait. about it in a while. Did you notice that when they were trying to get someone on the phone, Donna picks up a phone and then Mandy picks up a phone that is on a random like shelf? Right behind her. Yeah, it's where that intercom was in that earlier episode. Oh, really? (laughs) It's just like a like a shelf with a phone on it. Like I don't know why, inexplicably. Yeah, for 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 blocking purposes on the show. Um, Leo comes and introduces like a fundraiser over to Sam and Toby and Josh. Move someone for me. His name's Carl Everett, and he's raised a ton of money for us in the Midwest. And it turns out that he is the guy that was. Lori had a date with that night yeah, and he brings like, her over let me introduce you to my date gasp it's Lori. it's Brittany. <laughs> yeah Brittany. and sam's like oh i definitely know this person because i'm being really weird and making a super weird face yeah so sam looks like his sort of head just exploded inside yeah i like the head. camera shot it's almost like slow-mo a little bit and it like it pushes into like sam that. yeah it's like sam's like world is going yeah. like falling down around <laughs> It's like all the awkwardness. You, it's palpable. Yeah. Um. They. Uh. That scene goes really quickly. Uh. They don't. There's no immediate blow up in that one, but it's obvious to to come because Sam doesn't handle himself well around Lori. He just needs to separate himself from this woman. Right. Um. Donna found Charlie's grandparents. It turns out. Um. They were at a shelter and they just couldn't get in contact with anybody. And then she says, "Get this. The hurricane shifted directions." Leo then goes into CJ's office. That's good news. Well, so that's something I like growing up in Florida and experiencing a lot of 
potential hurricanes and then some hurricanes it's like you're always watching you're out of school watching the news just hoping everyone's like wishing this hurricane is going to change the school's canceled already yeah it's it's great it's like i had a few of those sitting and waiting and playing scrabble hurricane days where there was no hurricane yeah no i was always disappointed really yeah i was disappointed you want the destruction yeah i was i liked when a little bit of the hurricane hit like a little bit but i think like you're you know if it's a really really bad one like a class four you're kind of hoping it's going to go somewhere else and you don't and that's acceptable like socially you're not really thinking like this is going to go hit someone else right well destroy something well they're excited that it's going out into the ocean right but uh uh-oh yeah it turns out that's where the ships are that we were talked about earlier what they're right in the way i'm surprised this does this not happen ever i've never well I don't think it really makes a lot of sense right? because hurricanes, I, I did, I looked up how fast hurricanes are and they move at about like 35 knots, which is a like water speed thing. Yeah. We need some miles per hour. <laughs> um, it's here. like, it's like 40 miles an hour ish. And that's like actually about how fast these type of boats can go. Oh. So unless they were already in the hurricane, it's unlikely that they would get trapped. Like they could move straight away from it until it like fizzled out or to the side. So it's unlikely unless this just happens to be like a, I mean, maybe it snuck up on everybody. That's why CJ hadn't heard about it earlier. Yeah. Like all of a sudden there's a class four hurricane. Or this is like a freakishly fast one or something. Yeah, no one knew about it. But it, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a bit of a stretch, but um, it creates some drama. Also, usually I think when hurricanes get really close to land, they start to lose, they immediately start to weaken. Yeah. They suck no up the water. Because they're no longer hot yeah. water anymore. It's like the heat that makes right. them build up. So once they go back into the water, they could probably get stronger. But by the time it hits land or something and then changes course, I don't know, or comes yeah. really close to land. Yeah, I don't know. They don't they don't get too too deep into the meteorology. Yeah, we need a meteorologist. <laughs> so they're they're trying to figure out like what they can do about it. What do you want to do? Let's go to a party. Which kind of makes sense. Like they unless they were the ones that like discovered that the hurricane was going to hit the thing and didn't tell anybody. Like assume somebody's got. Right. that under control yeah they know um they show josh and mandy again um this is actually like a really cool scene it pulls like it's it's a new set it's some dining room set like in seeming like a basement hall thing or something with like a lot of staircases and fancy wall decorations and stuff there's a lot of people in tuxes and there's like a flag guard walking around and like vermeil everywhere vermeil everywhere flat with uh seasonal arrangements on it um and there's an update on the standoff it's over but the negotiator has been shot and mandy kind of like loses her mind a little bit over it she runs off to throw up and (laughs) as she does that josh just turns around and keeps clapping for the president (laughs) he's not super uh, concerned about her. Yeah, that, His face is so funny. It's so good. He's like, oh, okay. All right. But wasn't that like a pretty good result? But, well, one guy got like, shot. They still. did the right thing and the FBI agent got shot. And then like, so it's kind of like a PR coup because now they're like, they got they all went the out guys. of their way to do the right they thing. They did the right thing and they got all the guys. Yeah, I think Mandy just feels responsible for the guy getting shot. She thought nothing bad would come out of it. Also, at this point, we don't know if he's still alive. We just know he got shot. Yeah, Josh says he's in like critical condition or something like that. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, I that could theoretically go go wrong. They show the president and Leo. Uh, the president's getting a quick like debrief from a Navy guy about the situation with this hurricane hitting this fleet. 
Leo tells him to go back to the party too. Um, that's like his response to everything. He's like, he's totally the guy like trying to keep keep the party happening, even though nobody else really wants to. <laughs> I, that's his uh, alcoholism coming out. I think <laughs> there's a. Then they have the scene with uh, Toby and Josh and the Indonesian aide and all the translators, which is a, a pretty funny scene. That it's like it's the State Department guy and then a kitchen guy and then the Indonesian aide. I love two things about the scene. One that they he begins by asking Toby asks him how his night is going and his response is it's fine i didn't like the salmon yeah <laughs> none of them <laughs> no like the salmon. the salmon yeah is that is that a thing that's the thing about indonesian people i guess Maybe. <laughs> yeah actually i looked this up indonesians hate salmon no. <laughs> the, the line that comes right after that part elise is actually my favorite line of the scene which is where josh is like wait what's he talking about and he's like he's answering a question from like a half hour ago yeah <laughs> and then um after you know seeing how this is going to go very, very slowly with all the translators. Um, bomb bomb, I think is his name, right? Bomb bomb, like bon bon, but with M's. Yeah. I think there's a G sound in there too. Bong bong. Yeah. Anyway, that guy is like, why don't we speak in English? And the yeah, dumb- why, would, why wouldn't he speak up sooner? Why would he even get through I mean, four questions? We learn, I think he clearly doesn't want to make yeah. Toby's life also, easier. You could, you could hear what people are saying about you. They don't realize that you understand what they're oh, saying. Oh, right. Oh, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Toby was not cool with the... He brings it up like directly to the guy. Those are two pretty tough languages, Batak and Portuguese. You might want to take a crack at English one day, seeing as how you live here. That he doesn't speak American. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, learn learn American for him. Yeah. yeah, this is coming from leftist Toby. Seems right. very out of place. Well, Toby was a pro-management in the labor argument earlier too yeah he yeah. was really weird this episode the thing that they were meeting about is that they're a, a friend of toby's who's like a professional uh rouser of rabble uh is in a indonesian jail and toby's trying to get him out what we're talking about is that you unlock the cell you put him in a car and you drive him to the border just kind of like secretively without any real process around it just like let the guy go as a favor the guy says uh, no way, because he's super offended about Toby's speech being so on point. I think you have a lot of nerve. That was a despicable and humiliating toast your president made. And I know you were the one who wrote it. Some nice tie-in that like to, to, uh, Toby's like hubris kind of comes back to him a little bit. Yeah. Toby tries to take the high road about like it's you know it's it's imperative that we speak about about human rights. And then the guy is... He, like, serves Toby next. Does it strike you at all hypocritical that a people who systematically wiped out a century's worth of Native Americans should lecture the world so earnestly on human rights? Well, he serves him by saying, like, the way that you guys treated, like, the Native Americans yeah. 400 years ago. And he there's a million things way more recent than that. <laughs> way like, more... Like, you guys have been fixing our elections yeah, for 50 exactly. years. Right. Uh, like... I don't know, it, that seems like it's like a being mad at like an Italian person for like something like ancient Rome did. <laughs> There's a million things he could have brought, like the United, like internment camps in World War Two. Yeah, um, yeah. done a it's lot like, of bad. It's things. been a long time since we genocided the Indians. Let it go, you know. Yeah. It's like, come on, buddy. I mean, even since then, hey, I, we go down the list, the list of American uh, human rights violations. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot there. I, I, it was That's weird the that easiest that, one. Yeah. I think slavery is the easy one. Oh, that's true. Why did he mention that? Yeah, that yeah. We to- did so totally genocide better. the Native Americans, though. 
Yep. Yeah. We did. But he should have just said all of the things that are. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> genocide <laughs> is bad. But is it a human rights thing? I wouldn't classify genocide under human rights necessarily. It's sort of a human right not well, to be genocided. Yeah. I also think that usually yeah. like genocide just doesn't like happen out of nowhere. There's usually human rights violations that will lead up to the genocide. Well, what's interesting about the Native Americans is. It's not like... Do you mean the Redskins? Yes, the Washington sports <laughs> team. It's not like the the mindset was, well, screw them, like, who cares? They're subhuman, let's just kill them. I mean, there were... That was certain, a little bit of it. But. There's some of that, but there were Supreme Court decisions trying to rationalize and explain why it was perfectly legal to do what was done to the Native Americans. And there's this whole Supreme Court opinion, I'm not going to remember the name, explaining how there's like this right of the conqueror to obtain property rights over the conquered hmm. in order to explain why because legitimately a bunch of i think it was uh native americans sold property to white europeans and then the colonial magistrate or governor of that same territory deeded it to other white europeans and those two white europeans are like wait who owns the same land and they had to figure out what to do and the court was like well you know i don't really think it was the native americans to sell even though of course we've recognized ownership as arising from sales from native americans for example in manhattan and many other places uh but here we're gonna say yeah it was the governors to sell because they were the conquerors Hmm. even though that group of native americans hadn't really been conquered so I, I think okay, you're that's, right. That, that starts to fall into a human rights thing about like legal status and stuff like that. Yeah. Anytime that you try to use a, a modern legal system to like take a consistent, you know, position that you're going to, uh, you know, apply precedent in to try to explain how to oppress someone. I think you definitely are bringing up human rights. Okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> After that, there's a CJ and Danny scene. Danny knows everything that's going on in this episode. He's like, "How? How? I heard the FBI guy got shot. I heard the ships are stuck out in the ocean. He's, he's got a, a real sleaze dog. Yeah, he's uh, he's being inappropriate with the White House press secretary. Yeah, he's getting a little flirty. He's getting flirty. He's like asking her about her clothing choices. You know, he's doing tricky things. He's got a crush. He's yeah. a real sleaze dog. I think she's got a crush too. Yeah." You really like the dress? Yes. All right, whatever. That's, that's I a love cute scene. that when she he says yes, and she goes, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's uh typing too. I think that's the first time we've ever seen CJ typing. It's weird. To, it's weird to see them doing like normal office work. Yeah. <laughs> they they go back into the Teamsters negotiation. Uh, things seem pretty heated in there. The president comes in and like forces them to have like a stand-up meeting basically, which as like a software engineer, it's like a thing to have stand-up meetings. So I think the really? president's trying to like institute like a agile methodology into the White House. Is that houses. for the same reason as having like a standing desk? Um, It's kind of the same reason that the president does it here of like if you sit down you're going to get comfortable and everybody's going to be eating their donuts and drinking their coffee and like hanging but if you're standing you're just going to get the meeting like, done at attention yeah you're at attention you're going to say what you have to say because you want to get the hell out of there oh, i would hate a standing meeting i hate standing i don't like standing i will no always no way no standing <laughs> yeah 
Um, do you like standing meetings as a participant? Well, we do we do them over Slack, <laughs> so we just we just type. It's called a stand up. Are you? you stand- we just use it as our like check in meeting in the mornings now. Hold on, hold on. You do. You st- we don't literally stand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but. The um, Slack bot tells us like it's stand up time. What did you do today, so or what you are you doing? Don't to- stand up at your desk no. and then type on your like phone or computer. I stand as little as possible in any given day. Right? That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Are some people working from home down actually laying standing. down in bed? Maybe. There's some people in Wisconsin that I have no idea what position they're in. I think a lot Prone. of them actually do use standing desks. Supine. My supine. boss uses standing desk. Yeah, I want a supine desk. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> but it's a supine desk something you can lay down at (laughs) like a bed desk see i want like a chiropractor's table desk oh face down yeah a face down like a massage chair yeah but you were like i want a a little face donut and then like my screen is visible through that i don't think i would enjoy that i like laying i like a hammock desk it would have to be water From like stomach laying down to back laying down. Yeah. Okay. How do you face lay down on a hammock though? Same way you face lay down on anything. <laughs> Just put but your belly your down first. Your body would be like curved. Oh uh, yeah. Oh like oh and backwards way. Yeah, and then your head would be like maybe in like a net if it's that kind of like a macrame <laughs> hammock. Uncomfortable. Mm. I feel like I was a fish that was caught. Audience, you tell us how you think we could lay face down on a hammock. Send us pictures of you laying face down on a hammock. <laughs> There's a quick scene with Sam and Lori and her date. Um, so Sam's sitting alone at a table and stabbing a Eating salad. Eating his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He's stabbing the salad and like pecking, like shoving the fork is into his face. Is it a salad? Face. I thought it was dessert. Oh, maybe. It looks like strawberries. Oh, okay. He's really Fruit murdering salad. those berries. Yeah. Um, it's the Lori and uh, her date come over. The, the guy's trying to like make buddies with Sam. I think you're someone that I could have a relationship with. You wouldn't have a relationship with me. What do you think? I cost 500 an hour. In the private sector, I build out at $500 an hour. A kind of oblique reference to Lori being a, a hired call girl then he says a weird thing about like i don't understand would you like some of my food which is just super super weird the guy uh runs away uh because he sees somebody else he wants to talk to and then sam uh berates laurie a little bit more uh and then the first lady comes over and well, he offers her ten thousand dollars to not sleep with the guy today. yeah and then yeah, she she uh she leaves immediately when he says that. But uh, first, the first lady comes oh, over and talks I to them. That was before this, uh, and she loves the first lady. This is awesome. She yeah. she's like so happy to meet the first. And she lady. says, "I'm Brittany." Yeah, and, and has a last name too, like Brittany Dover. Like she has a full right. name, a full fake name. She yeah, gives do you think she has a fake ID? Yeah, it's super weird. Oh yeah, like, she's super professional about it. Like she's really good, and she, Sam is judging her so hard. Well, Sam, I, he's like, "Oh my god, I made friends with the prostitute, and now she's like prostituting, and I'm so sad." Sam, uh, where he gets really depressed though is he's like actually kind of happy that she's meeting the first lady because he can tell she's excited, and then she says, "Hi, I'm Brittany," and his like face just drops. Oh, I didn't realize that because I thought Sam, I I thought like I, Sam was totally not appreciating how cool it was for her to meet the first no, lady. I, like, yeah, if, if he's you watch, probably surrounded by this all the time. Yeah, he's smiling until she says her name is Brittany, and then oh. he's like, "Okay, the first lady knows you by your like." 
prostitute name. By her no. sex name. I right. think if I were in her position, I would give my real name because the first right. lady's not going to realize. Like, yeah, the first lady and that her date and her are not going to be in a conversation shortly after or anything like that. So, yeah, and why not just like say her real name? Possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. Just give well, her a real name. It's possible that White House staff know that Sam's potential problem is named Lori. The first lady doesn't know anything about it, though. Yeah, but, you know, she hasn't even been in any of the episodes. Also, you would think, True. actually, that the White House security, like the Secret Service, would have to know her real name. Oh, yeah. How do you get in the White House in with there. a fake name? Yeah. yeah. She's this got was the pre-9-11. Uh, it's a free-for-all. I don't know. I it's think a good that question. Would, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So just I mean, all, all that Chris Everett has to do is like palm a 50 to the Secret Service guy and be like, escort. And they'll be like, I got you, sir. I wonder if that does actually happen. Yeah, he's a big donor. A lot, though. Yeah. He's like, this is my sex person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they then go back into the Teamsters meeting. Uh, this is where Bartlett talks about how he's going to nationalize the trucking industry and then draft all the truckers into military service, which is definitely not going to happen. It's kind of nonsense. I'm surprised that they took that so seriously. Uh, much if the president's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to do the thing. Now you're going to be in the military. Right. That's what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to militarize you. So how did the Gipper break the air traffic controller strike? He ordered them to go back to work. But how do you order them to go? I guess they're federal federal employees. Under penalty of law, I guess, that you couldn't strike or whatever. Like if you were... They must be federal employees. Maybe. I guess he nationalized the air traffic industry. Yeah, Maybe, I don't, I don't, I don't know, because I think they'd have to be, and I really don't know, but I do know that, um, I guess it was, uh, I think it was Truman who nationalized the steel, the private steel companies. Well, he, he mentions uh, that Truman nationalized the coal industry in this scene. Yeah, I think he also nationalized the steel industry. Maybe it was Woodrow Wilson, I can't remember anymore, but uh, in, either World War One or World War Two. Uh, in order to make bullets and parts and think tank parts, oh, that and things makes like more that. sense though. Uh, but I mean, that's just kind of mind boggling for the president to go, Oh, hey, uh, very valuable private industry that is owned by some of the richest and most politically connected people in the country. You're gonna, you belong to the public now, and you're just gonna do whatever we want you to do. Yeah, it's national like, security. Excuse me, your name is Woodrow. It's true. That, I don't, that's not a name. S- says a guy named Braden. <laughs> Shut up. Burn. <laughs> oh, you don't like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, af- after that. So, yeah, the, then they like, they kind of leave the Teamsters thing at that. There's no uh, real follow-up on what the actual resolution is. But presumably because Bartlett made some kind of inane threat that they came to some consensus. Okay, but even like... As recently as five years ago, Braden was the f- like the thirty fifth most popular boy's name in America. Thirty fifth, yeah, thirty fifth, totally, totally so respectable. That's a legit number. It's true, but I think like weird made up names are really popular now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, if your name was something like Jaden or like Caden, then even I would think put it was it on, real. It, it's on mugs and keychains. Yeah, no, if you can get your name on a keychain, it's real. Name. It's on keychains, guys. No, it's not. It is. Bottles of pop. Show me your keychain. As recently as five years ago, 
It was on keychains. <laughs> the next scene is the president and the first lady. Uh, it's the first time we see them together, and it's pretty nice. Um, they're very like proportionally sized to each other in <laughs> in both height and roundness. I bet they have great sex <laughs> because they're like right sized. Yeah. Um. Wow, I didn't even think about their size. <laughs> they are. I was they're just like, what a great short and stocky relationship. A little bit. Stockered. Stockered. Yeah, short and stockered. Yeah. Um, no, they're so great. Oh, she's really nice. She's like and supportive. And they're like very supportive of each mm-hmm. other. And you can tell that like they lean on each other. Yeah, and- he, he doesn't have his normal like bravado to her where he feels like he, he's like listening and like slowly nodding to the things she's saying instead of being like the the alpha in the room yeah well she does a really good job of like stroking his ego which i think is a really important thing for a wife to do stop looking at me (laughs) (laughs) no but she also says like ultimately like you're kind of a piece of shit you know one of the things that happens when i stay away too long is that you forget that you don't have the power to fix everything you have a big brain good heart and an ego the size of montana (laughs) you do jed you don't have the power to fix everything yeah you have too big of an ego she humbles him and lifts him up at the same time i think good stuff it's a good pep talk the first lady is the ultimate alpha on the west wing that's what i think yeah so far she is she's doing pretty well for herself she's like the alpha and omega and then um as the president is kind of feeling powerless about all these things that are going on, the storm causes the power to go out, um, which pretty much confirms my theory that Bartlett is a like weather sorcerer. Like, yeah, like so he, it's the second time he's really him. he's felt he's be careful. Yeah, he do, don't go to Indonesia. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, and he even like acknowledges this. Well, if this isn't a metaphor for powerlessness, I don't know what he is. <laughs> I guess they like realized they were doing that or something. Then there's like this, the final scene here where the president gets his like radio hookup with somebody that's on the, sh- one of the ships that's stuck in the path of the storm. Um, they can only get a hold of like the radio operator because the intercom has been knocked out by the storm somehow, which the doesn't really seem like it really makes any fast. sense. Like wouldn't you Navy ships are meant to like keep the intercom going when they get hit by, mines uh, as they're talking uh josh like very uh he he holds mandy like around her he gives her like a hug oh they're squeezing behind. yeah That's they're weird, like I on thought. the dance floor like slow dancing like, like- <laughs> he's like hard on her butt oh, <laughs> probably yeah at least like a fear boner. Oh my God. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I think Josh is a sociopath. I think that this scene was really, really great. And like Toby, Leo, the first lady, the president, Sam, all of those people who were standing in their own cluster were like acting the crap out of this. And it was so good. And then Josh and Mandy are like weird cuddling, like yeah. fear cuddling in the corner. <laughs> if, you, if you cut all of Josh's scenes in this episode together... It would just be a series of inappropriate reactions. Like, oh, hey, Mandy, uh, your idea led to some guy getting shot. And then she's like, oh, and he's like, mm, back to the show. Yeah. The president is talking to this guy on the ship and he hit his head on something and he talks about all the stuff that's been going wrong on the ship. Well, we're looking at, I guess, 80 foot seas with winds up to 120 knots. We're shipping solid green water over the bow. Which I- 
I don't understand what that means. And the, also, like, the cages on, like, the genetics lab broke down, and now, like, the He's mutant like, lizards have taken the over the ship. You're, like, really bringing me down. Yeah. The president Can just... Can lighten it up? That's basically what he says. the president makes a joke. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. Sounds pretty bad, Harold. I think I'd ask for my money back. L later. <laughs> so this is like the little supply ship, right? Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm just trying to imagine like how little this thing is compared to aircraft carriers. Maybe it's not so little. But like how pretty tiny, long is it going to take them to find the CO? This is not a big ship. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I think this is... Maybe Probably the CEO like a isn't forty to a hundred person ship. Yeah, it's, maybe he's the last guy alive on the ship. <laughs> he's just covering up that he murdered the rest of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna blame the storm so on is it. Is this like a cliffhanger? No, no. I think. I think they. I, yeah, I think die. they die. Yeah. I thought it was, and then I was like, well, "Oh, right, it isn't." They, yeah, the president's like, "I'm gonna." After he makes a bad joke with bad timing, it doesn't read the room serious and then he's, he's like i'm he, gonna stay here the yeah. rest of the night i don't know what you would talk to the guy i guess you just say like where are you from tell me about your just get him talking to take his mind off of it or something yeah it's interesting because he's like i hit my head but he's also the connection is really bad so you can't really tell if it's because he hit his head that he's taking so long to respond or it's because of the bad connection and the right or he's just stupid and it's, it's just coincidence. maybe he's stupid because he hit his head he seems nervous too except talking to the president and he's dying. Yeah. 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 I mean, is that what's happening? Yeah, he yeah. died. Dying. They all died? Everyone died? I I, I don't think everyone. Because the president got all sad and stuff? I, I don't know. I think... He gave, like, good talk? I think we do later find out that the people on this ship died. Little boat. Little boat. Um, But, yeah, that's, uh, this this episode ends on a downer. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, the credits is Leo in a tux. Uh, Leo and then the back of the president's head. Yep. They love backs of people's heads yeah. for these stills at the end. I would have picked uh, the scene of Josh clapping with all the stuff going on in the background. Yeah. I thought that was the nicest shot this episode. I liked when the presidents were like standing next to each other and like the one guy was like a big dick. <laughs> 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 could you get that across in a photo yeah that yeah. would have been funny to have like the no. president being like the president and then this guy just deadpan in the face like sitting next to him <laughs> okay so that's the episode so uh it's headlines time now um who, who's got some i don't because this is like all sorts of shitty shit it was, was like happening. kind of sad like a lot of sad I mean, like, things i had like some ideas like not really good ones so for the indonesia thing I called it stroking Indo, <laughs> which, because they're bad apparently. I don't know. I don't, look, I don't know anything about Indonesia. They have a lot of languages. I think they're like Asian-ish, but apparently they're very bad people. That's not my opinion. That's they don't the, like salmon. That's yeah. the West Wing. Oh, oh, and they hate salmon. So I had um, Indonesia. Ooh. President, whatever his name was, doesn't like Bartlett. Bangy bang bang. <laughs> and then on the salmon note, I have a very like straight headline, which is everybody hates the salmon at the White House. Okay. Um, I ha I had one about the negotiator getting shot, uh, in the standoff. It's called Negotia Haters. 
I just had one, uh, and it was uh, verme grievances are skin deep. What? Do, that, do it again? <laughs> you have to know what the verme thing is. I wasn't paying because attention. Because it's just like the, the gilded. Because it's gilded. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's a real, it's a thinker. Wouldn't they be verme deep? Sometimes at work, <laughs> like, like, they're like, nobody's going to get this. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got to do it for yourself. You Honestly, know? like, once you're in the newspaper, you already bought it. But like, probably. My, my position is like, uh, worst case, if a, if a joke falls flat, as long as it's a good riddle. <laughs> yeah and you're probably gonna like you don't want to admit that you're stupid so you're probably like this is like really smart do you guys have a crossword puzzle mm, yeah okay i was gonna say you could just put riddles and all the headlines and save this column space it's <laughs> an idea um i had one for the uh negotiations uh it's truck you because <laughs> tempers flare at teamster negotiation nice oh i had another salmon one <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, no me gusta el pescado, which I think loosely translates to I don't like the fish for, you know, a Latin newspaper or something. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because of the... Because no one liked the salmon. Oh, okay. I don't... Have I mentioned that no one liked the salmon yet? It was just the Indonesian. I think the president presumably liked it. Well, okay. I had one if, um, if like the hurricane didn't kill the people on the ship. Mm. And everyone lived and it was yeah. happy. Um, it'd be hooray, Kane. Oh. <laughs> Storm shifts course out to sea. Yay. <laughs> um, I, I have one because the, the hurricane did, did kill a bunch of people. Oh. And it's, that blows. Yeah. That blows. <laughs> hurricane. Yeah. Oh, no. I got it. It's wind. Yeah. Um, I had another Vermeil one. It was Vermes at the White House. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Or May scandals. All right, I'm out. Yeah, that's pretty much that's it. it. Yeah, it was kind of like, I thought it was a great episode, but a lot of bummers going on. Yeah. It, and I bummers mean, are just wise. no fun. Yeah. Unless you're cool with making fun of death. Yeah, but. Which I am, but is generally frowned upon. In the headline business? In the biz. So I, I thought this was kind of like a, a meh swing. Really? Yeah, because I, I think like, I, you know, I enjoy the West Wing the most when they're making a coherent point. And that point is allowed to be fully explored. And I feel like this episode kind of just dealt with a lot of bad things that are happening that don't really have any political uh, controversy surrounding them. And the, the few things that did have a political controversy were just kind of like, just so quickly dealt with that it didn't really allow you to explore those issues. Like even the labor relations thing was just kind of like, blah. That's a good point. I felt like this was a next best wing, a step up from messed wing, because <laughs> I thought the pacing was so good. This episode was like boom, boom, boom. It was so fast, and there was like so much going on. There was no wasted. Yeah, time. I really like how many plot lines are in this one. Yeah, and but none of them felt like afterthoughts. Really, like they all at least had they had an arc, and they all got except for the Teamsters one didn't really get resolved that well, but. Uh, there maybe was they good, came to an agreement. Yeah, there was some at least some good scenes in it. The the guy saying "forgive me" <laughs> made that all worthwhile for me. No, uh, I love it. It starts out strong. Like in the first three minutes, we've got all four like plot lines, mm -hmm. kind of the whole episode outlined for you before the first you know credits are played. It was right. really well done. There were a lot of like 
a lot of things going on and they did a really good job of helping you keep track of it. The only problem is that this is a really hard episode to take notes on because it, yeah, it was happened, so fast. It's so fast. Yeah, I had to come up with a new like scenes uh, annotation system for this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I liked how uh, the plots too, like there was the silly all the way down from silly donna like worrying about like sorcerers <laughs> up to like the president like talking a guy like through his death right. <laughs> like it's a it spans the gamut of this one yeah in i laughed i way. cried it was yeah. great i did get weepy at the end yes yeah, same yeah. it there, was like painful to watch that last scene good first lady intro i know first lady strong I, women all around yeah, yeah. cj is He's pretty women. boss in this one <laughs> Um, and, and best Donna so far too, like yes. least, uh, most consequential Donna. Yeah. Like she got to be, she Peak had Donna, I think she had three small plot lines in this episode. Wow. Oh yeah. She had the sorcerer thing, which is like a, the normal Donna plot right. line the would language. normally be. Then she got to help Charlie and helping Charlie. And she got to like do the thing where she set up the meeting, right? which is like kind of like a medium one that was like a funny thing on top of a serious thing about like a political prisoner. So like yeah, I thought I thought this one was pretty good. I, I gave this one actually like best wing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely say uh, yes to the dress wing <laughs> for this one. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. Um, I'd say though on the Charlie meter, this is like a one or two. Oh, he's very, he has what two 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 lines even. Yeah, I actually didn't even catch that plot line. That he that his grandparents, his grandparents don't get around I so good. I totally missed that. I, I watched it. It was like it wasn't even a plot times. line. It was like a plot line. Yeah, like, pl- it, was <laughs> like, it was barely there. But but it makes I'm happy the first lady was finally introduced. She's such a great character. I love her. So. And, and great decotage. Get decol decolotage. Yeah, she has great chest. Dec- great decotage. Deco- wait, decolotage. Um, upper upper <laughs> chest sexual area. <laughs> happy birthday! You'll hear us next week. Who's, you too. Are you, whose birthday? No. Oh. <laughs>